Hi, I'm Patrick John Fluger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride hey shy hearts welcome back to episode 50 of meet us at molly's brina episode 50 i know real really it's like 57 or 8 because of all our bonus stuff but you know 50 like actual episodes good point you got a point that is true um, today we're going to go ahead and cover Chicago PD Season 5, Episode 18. This was called Ghosts. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. We have a special guest tonight, you guys. Yay! Yay! Um, we're trying to incorporate more of our listeners into our recordings, just because we had so much fun when we did it in Chicago, so we're just trying to keep that going. We've got Jessica joining us. Hi, Jessica. Hi, everybody. Of course, Thank of you course. For coming. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, we talk to you a lot on Twitter, so we're pretty familiar, but like tell us a little bit like how did you get into the shows? Procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Solid. was in college and I had seen promos for Chicago Fire during the um, Summer Olympics in 2012. And I was like, well, that show looks really great. I'll probably never watch it because um, I was going through like a, a streak where every like every new show I'd watch, it would get canceled after like a season. And I was like, I really want this show to do well. But then one night I went back to do homework and I gradually got more and more into the show and kind of forgot to do homework. And I was like, well... <laughs> That's it. That's funny. That same season that Fire came out, that was also the year Revolution came out starring Tracy. Did you ever watch that? I didn't. And I'm sad that I didn't because Tracy is fantastic. She's pretty she fantastic. Really is. But she really is. I'll be honest, though, the premise of that show was kind of ridiculous. So you didn't miss much. <laughs> but Tracy's still pretty awesome. So... We always like to start off with the news. We don't really have a lot of news today because we released an episode today and we covered all the news there. So if you need a catch up on the news, just kind of pause this and take it on back to episode 49. Just make sure you come back after that. Uh, (laughs) What we will talk about, though, I mean, it's not even really news. It's just something that happened today. Uh, Jesse Spencer did a Facebook Live ahead of tonight's two-hour movie or Thursday night's two-hour movie, which you will all now have seen by the time you listen to this. I always get so confused. (laughs) Brian, did you catch the Facebook Live today? I did not get a chance to watch it. No, I did not. Jessica, did you catch it? I caught bits and pieces. He answered one of my friends' questions, and I fangirled with her. (laughs) What question was it? Um, It was um, about if he and Monica would, you know, make some music together. Ooh, I see. I tuned in after that. What did he say? Uh, He said his only request is that she lay across the piano while he does. I love that. Love Jesse's that. such a goof. I didn't realize, like, he's really funny. Yeah. Funny. I did see, did you get to see, speaking of just things he did to promote today, did you guys see he was on Chicago Fire's Instagram stories? Um, and he was, it was like, 
it was like rapid fire things. So the first question was like how, and you had like 10 seconds for like three questions, like three different questions. And the first question was like, how many uh, Firehouse 51 members can you name? And then the second question was, um, how many Chicago attractions can you name? And then I think the third one was guest stars. And he got like progressively worse. Like he did pretty well with like the Firehouse 51 members. And then it got like worse and worse as it went on. He could like barely name any guest stars. Um, but it was just really funny because he's. I just super remember adorable. during one Chicago day when he got bored in the middle of it and started playing the piano. Oh, yeah. So funny. Like. Oh. Such a good lie. I laughed so hard today during the uh, the Facebook Live when he somebody asked him what his favorite thing is about Casey. And the first thing out of his mouth, he didn't even think about it. He's like, Casey is just such a better human than I am. Just didn't even think about it. He's like, he's calm and loyal and responsible. And I just can't live up to the guy. <laughs> so cute. So, yeah. That was pretty funny. He's. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. Yeah, it was pretty amusing. But other is than that, is it on Fire's Facebook page? Yeah, I mean it is. Yeah, it should be. It should be. I just happened to be on Facebook at the right time, and the notification came up and was like, "Join Jesse Spencer," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Don't have no to problem. tell me twice. Uh, but yeah, that's about all we had on the news. As always, if you see something, send it to us. There's only a couple of us. The internet is a very big place. We're bound to miss something. Um, you know how to get it to us. Usually, you know, tweet, DM, email, owl, which I think Brian now understands is a Harry Potter reference. I now understand that it's a Harry Potter reference, but still not going to watch it. You're, you're like, I'm still not going to watch it. And it's still not funny. Give it up. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, we can now jump into the episode. Again, this was Chicago PD season five, episode 18, entitled Ghosts. The only word I can sum this episode up with is wow. Yeah. Yes. This was such a... Yeah, I'm still searching for the... I mean, it was a very, very, very good and powerful episode. But I don't know how much, like, other... Like, I don't know what to say otherwise. Jessica, how about you? It was so good. I told the two of you last night that this was easily jesse and tracy's best work in my opinion yeah no i definitely i don't know about jesse i mean jesse's had some other really good episodes but i definitely agree with tracy this is like tracy's best episode by far and it's and it's one of jesse's best episodes but it's definitely tracy's best episode by far yeah like i feel like none of us knew that she could do that yeah no i had no idea it was badass. It was really, really, really And good. I didn't know what to expect. Like, I didn't expect when the, like, you know, when we see the promo and you see the, like, episode description, you're like, oh, okay, like, that sounds like a good episode. You're going to get to learn more about, like, Haley. Okay, whatever. I didn't expect that. Like, just even from the story, like, the plot point, like, plot-wise, like, I didn't expect that to come. And I'm, like, it was so well done. And, I mean, Tracy did an amazing job also, but I mean, we've got to shout out Titus Welliver. Like, yeah. Yeah. Damn, he's creepy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Disturbing. Like, oh my God. But I, I mean, obviously like Jesse and Tracy both said in like interviews and things like that, like he's, you know, an incredible person offset um, and just an incredible person to work with. But like, like you said, damn, he's creepy. And I feel like he's played the villain in everything I've ever seen him in, but he was like exceptionally horrible last night. Yeah. Last night being like, I, like literally in my nightmares, not really, but like pretty close. 
I can't like unsee that like towards the end the what you'll talk about but like that end oh my god oh my god I can't unsee it I know I know I know okay so the first scene we've got and this was this was one of those episodes where it was all a story and I usually don't like that but I liked it this time yeah, and I think it's different. I think, you know, even compared to a lot of the un- other undercover episodes that we had, it's a very different kind of undercover episode because there wasn't much discussion in the bullpen. Like, it wasn't much of them being like, okay, well, we have to figure out where the killer is and, like, you know, this is how this person connects to this and whatever. Like, Haley already knew all of that. So it was literally just, like, them undercover and them doing surveillance and making sure Haley's okay. So even then, like... It's very different from all the other undercover episodes we've seen. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Did you guys notice that in the back half of the episode, the only characters we saw, we saw Jay, we saw Tracy, and we saw Voight, and we didn't see anybody else in the unit in the second half of the episode. Was Burgess in the second half at all, or was Burgess mainly in the first half? Burgess was in the backseat of the surveillance van. (laughs) I did not pick that up. Yeah, I, I... I definitely picked up that there was less of them as the episode went on, but I didn't pick up that it was only, like, the four, well, like, three of them, and then Titus. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was. I I remember seeing Atwater across the street, and Berzik was in the car at one point. That's, like, in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I feel like we didn't see anybody but Jay and Voight in the last half. We saw Burgess for a second when she pinged Haley's phone. Yeah. It was like a very stripped down episode, but it was good. Like, I really usually hate those kind of episodes. It was really good. Yeah, they, whatever they did to make it just like hit all the right marks. I mean, it hit all the right marks. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. So I say that it was all a story because they did open the episode with one scene of, you know, this Alan Voigt stuff that's going on. And it's just bananas what's going on over there. So... Al is sitting in, I think, Millennium Park, right where we were for the con. Well, kind of, on the last day. Kind of. Yeah. Um, and Al's just kind of sitting there, and Voight rolls up, and Voight just kind of tells him, very casually, that the Ivory Tower is considering convening a grand jury. That is criminal speak for, you're fucked. Just kind of is. Um Yeah, so they're convening a grand jury. Basically what happens is the grand jury comes together. They look at all the evidence. They decide whether to to return an indictment. If they return the indictment, Alice screwed. So, you know, Voight looks at him and Voight's like, I'm not going to let you go down for this. At which point I was like, all right, well, joke's on us because last week we had a whole big debate over this. And Jessica, I think you're the one who said that you thought it was a head fake, right? Somebody told us that somebody was like, I think Voight's pulling a head fake. And I was like, nah, Voight wouldn't fall on there his sword. There are several Jessicas in this fandom, so oh. <laughs> it could have been a different one. Oh, we know. <laughs> yeah, We're having another Jessica on this weekend. <laughs> well, Jessica, what do you think? What did you think Voight was going to do? Did you think he was going to, um, like, t- let Al take the blame for him? Did you think he was going to do, like, say what he just said? Like, what did you think was going to happen? Honestly, I never thought he would let Al take the blame, but Al and Aaron are still complicit in this crime. Yeah. So it's great that Hank's going to turn himself in, but Al and Aaron still have a part. Right. Yeah. 
I still, I still have, even, Voight says he's not going to let Al take the heat, and I think that's great, but, like, this storyline is clearly far from over. Like, oh, yeah. it's not going to just end up with Voight, like, turning himself in and Voight going to jail, and, like, that's it. Like, I mean, clearly we all know that it's, like, Denny's going to be involved and Ruzik and all, like, it's far from over. Um, Are you guys obsessing over what the season finale cliffhanger is going to be as much as I am? Yes. I'm, like, playing this game in my head, and I'm like, is it going to be Ruzik? Is it going to be this? Like, even little clues in the episode, I'm like, is that going to lead to the season finale cliffhanger? Like, what is this? So I'm wondering if that's going to be the finale cliffhanger. I mean, because at this point, we're still, I mean, we can start talking about it. Because we, I mean, they got, what, 22 episodes? Something like that. Yeah, so we have four episodes left. Hmm. I know, which is sad. Um, But, yeah, like, at this point, we can start talking about those things, which is kind of crazy. That's so crazy. And Jessica, now that I think about it, you do bring up a good point is that even though Al may not have committed the murder, he's still an accomplice. Yep. That's a good point. So, I mean, what justice, if any, should Al and Aaron face? Yeah. And I'm still so curious about how they're going to handle the Aaron part of this, just because like, it's like, she's not coming back. Like, there's no way, like, she can't come back. So like, what does that mean in terms of what Voight ends up deciding to do in terms of his involvement without what Al decides to do in terms of his involvement? Like, I just like, I so curious to see how that's going to be held from just like, or handled from like a story point of view since she can't come back. She definitely can't come back if she's wanted for murder in Chicago. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? That like Sophia Bush is not coming back. Yeah. yeah. So like that part, I think is almost a little bit more intriguing to me just because like I, she can't come back she's not coming back just like talking about this right now it's just like opened up like a bunch of possibilities for me in my head I'm like I didn't even think about all these things oh shit so it's gonna be a really interesting end to the season yeah crazy So that's the one scene of, you know, something else that we got. But then it just goes right into the main story and it gets crazy fast. So Antonio's undercover with a gang to infiltrate, I think, a a liquid meth shipment or something. Yeah, from Texas, from your home state. Boo. Don't you hate on Texas? I didn't say I hate it on Texas. I'm just saying. No, I mean the show in general. Yeah, they always come from Texas. One of those writers has a vendetta against my state. Because remember how... um, the the kid or Vanessa and Jordan left and Atwater was like, yeah, if they root for the Cowboys, they can't come home. <laughs> yeah. Rude. Whatever. I mean, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your team, Jessica? Um, I'm a Broncos slash Giants fan. They're not Don't even from your area, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Brenna, you talk sports. I mean... There's a rule here, right? Like, you got to root for your hometown team. Well, no, no, no. I Alabama mean, doesn't have any professional Yeah. Teams. So, either you root for Atlanta all the way in every sport, or you pick. Pick. Oh, that's true. I, I mean, I technically picked all my teams. I mean, I just picked, like, where I went to school. And, like, I just got lucky that, like, they all had, like, we have a professional teams. Because, like, we don't have any at home. So, like, otherwise I'd be out of luck. 
True story. True story. I mean, I support our I support our local soccer team, much to Jesse's dismay. <laughs> You're never gonna let him live that down. Oh, I'm still bitter. When I went to the game this weekend, I was like, I hope Jesse doesn't mind that I'm watching college soccer. <laughs> Whatever. I'm kidding. I'm not actually mad. I'm just bitter. Just bitter. Anyway, so. Yeah, the meth shipment's arriving from Texas, and shit goes terribly wrong terribly fast. Yup. There's, like, right off the bat, Antonio, like, can't even get a sentence out, and there's already gunfire. Yeah. Everybody's like, the fuck? And so, Ruzewater rolls up on a body. Yeah, and you can also tell in the back of the scene, like, that's when they were filming that episode, like, they were filming this episode when the cast was posting all those flooding videos, because if you look in the background of the scene, you can see that's where all that flooding was. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm like, oh, well, okay. So that's when that was. There's a moment when somebody rolls up in the Chrysler. It was probably Voight. I don't know. But, like, he rolls through a puddle and you see water just go everywhere. Yeah, I'm I like, think it was Voight and Al. Dead, yeah, I'm like, the guy playing that dead body must have gotten soaked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would not want to have been that guy in that day to just, like, lay in puddles of water. Laying in puddles of water. I hope it wasn't, like, super cold. I mean, probably. in Chicago. It was, like, February. Yeah, true, true. So Haley and Jay and Ruzik, they go into this building and they find somebody named, do they call him Scotty or just regular Scott? It's Scotty. Well, that's what Haley calls him. Yeah. Makes me want to sing that song from Eurotrip, but that's a reference that goes right over Brenna's head. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Jessica, have you seen Eurotrip? Sorry. (laughs) Damn it. All right, all right. One of these days I'll give up on the movie references. <laughs> so Haley and Jay find Scotty and he's almost dead and he pretty much ends up dying right there in front of them. But the telling moment here is that he recognizes Haley. So he looks at her, but he calls her Kelly. And so when I hear this, I'm like, Sever where? Where? Where is he? <laughs> not him. Not him. Wrong gender. Not him. <laughs> Wrong gender. Not him. So... Jay is like, Kelly, like what, who, how do you know this guy? And we get the story outside, you know, she was undercover in this guy Booth's meth crew and she ended up busting him for distribution and she was just thinking, she's like, this could be his crew now because he got out of jail two months ago for good behavior. And so Voight was like, you're keeping tabs on this guy? And Haley said, sort of, let's just say I'm not a big fan. Yep. New things were going downhill from there. Totally similar to, maybe it was, what episode was it? Episode two with the guy she used to work with that she didn't like? You mean this season? The one that, the last one we, the Haley episode from this The last season? Upton episode we had, yeah. I want to say that's like five or six. I say it, was like, say it was like four or five, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because she said something similar to that in that episode and Voight blew her off and we lost it. I remember that because we were like, there's got to be more to this story. And so the minute she said that, I was like, oh, boy, here we go again. Like, not good. Not good. So Haley and Jay and Burgess, they do some, like, undercover surveillance on Booth. And this is all the stuff you saw of them in the van. And then, like, Marina comes, like, gliding up from the back of the van out of nowhere. And it's like, hey, what about me? Oh, my God. I love this cast. They're so funny. She's the oh. cutest. They're all the cutest. They are the cutest. They the, really are, The though. Instagram wars that they seem to be having with fire now that started yesterday oh are amazing. The one that she posted today of her and Jesse, like, photoshopped onto the photo of um, 
Jesse and Taylor, like, in the fire. Like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Jessica, did you see that? I did. So funny. It was amazing. The profile photo that Randy and Joe posted yesterday, I, like, died. I was like, that's hysterical. Yeah, this Instagram war. Keep it up, because I'm a fan. Keep it up. This is perfect and amazing (laughs) and wonderful, and I love every moment of it. Keep it going through hiatus, too. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it going. Like, as in keep us entertained, because we're not going to know what to do with our lives. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. So they do their surveillance. And this is when Haley first suggests going undercover. So the first time she mentions it, Burgess and Halstead are like, what? Yeah. And so we cut to the 21st and Voight and Jay start asking her about this Kelly character. And so while this is happening, Voight also brings up Garrett Thompson. And Garrett is, he's a cop who used to work with her, right? Yes. And is the person she went undercover with. Yeah, yeah. So they went undercover together. And apparently, like, he was, like, here one day, gone the next. And he just vanished. And so Haley's convinced that Booth murdered him, even though they never found the body. Yeah. So Voight reminds her, Voight's like, listen, I'll let you do this, but you're undercover to take down a drug dealer, not to get revenge. She's like, yeah, sure. No biggie. Okay. Cool. No. <laughs> not the we case. believe you, Haley. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. No, we don't believe you for a second. That was when, like, when she, when he said that to her and then she was like, okay, I was like, wow, like, I didn't realize how good of a fit she and Jay are for each other. Because <laughs> that's something Jay would have, like, definitely responded with and been like, okay. And, like, lied through his teeth. Yeah. They've been partners long enough. He's rubbing off on her. That's true. And, like, I I both love and hate that it took until this episode to see them finally start to gel. Because it wasn't, like, a slow, gradual thing. It was just, like, they're partners. They're bickering. They're bickering. They're bickering. And now they're friends. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just kind of what happens when, you know, at first – you know, when Jay went undercover in that whole Camilla thing. Um, yeah, I know. But, like, that was something Haley didn't necessarily, you know, Haley was still, I feel like Haley's loosened up a lot in terms of the rules. Like, she's been in this unit long enough to kind of figure out how Voight works and things like that. And so at that point, she still was trying to figure out her role in the unit. And so she was like, no, we're going by the rules. Like, we're sticking to it, whatever. And, like, so she was, like, butting heads with Jay. And now she's kind of, whatever happened since then is, like, made her turn and made her see a little bit different. And now she's like, oh, okay. So if I'm going to stick in intelligence, like, this is how I have to do things. And I like this side of Haley. I like that we're seeing this side. I mean, yeah, we're starting to see it of everybody in intelligence. But, yeah, Haley just came onto it very quickly. Yeah, very true. Very true. So Haley and Jay go and they set up Kelly's apartment. And Haley's, like, all in. Because Jay's like, this apartment kind of sucks. And I think he, like, he turns on the sink at one point And it looks like there's, like, coffee coming out. And <laughs> Jay's like, do you see this shit? And she's like, haha, yeah, that's so funny. Like, she's all in. She doesn't care. And so she puts a picture of Garrett on the refrigerator and Jay's like, you guys look like a real couple. And she plays it off. She's like, all for show. You know the drill. There's clearly more to that story. Yep. Yes. Yes. Bryna, why don't you take it a bit from here? Yeah. So Haley, a.k.a. she's Kelly now, um, shows up at the at uh, Scotty's funeral and Jay and Burgess are doing a little, like, keeping an eye on her in a car, like, you know, off to the side. And we get our first ever Birdstead scene. Birdstead! 
Yeah. Like, I don't know how it took that long to come about, but I'm glad we got enough of it this episode because I love that. It was so great. And we got so much of it. Jessica, thoughts on Birchstead? Love it. Give yeah. me more. Yes. Yes. Just give me, like, every partnership that, like, every match that we haven't seen in Intelligence, just, like, give it to me. Like, I'm here for it. And, I mean, this is season five. This is this should not be new for us. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. 100% agree. How has it yeah. taken this long to get a scene between them together? But I also love how they didn't, like, tease us with it. It wasn't one fleeting moment of Birdstead. They were paired together, like, four other times in this episode. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't just like, oh, okay, here's this one scene of them in the car, and then, like, we never see it again. I mean, we might not ever see it again past this episode. I hope that's not the case. But, um, yeah, it was like they popped up, like, three more times in the episode. So it was really good. Um, so great. Um, Give us more. Yeah. So, anyway, so Kelly is at the funeral, and she's just kind of standing off the side, and she immediately locks eyes with Booth. And so when the funeral's over, Booth comes over here and is like, oh, I didn't know you were back in town. Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, yeah, I just moved back, all this stuff. And so they start talking about their old times or whatever. And he, Booth says, you know, I feel bad about what happened at the New Year's party. And Kelly's, Haley, Kelly, whatever, is like, she's like, yeah, yeah, no, it's no big deal. Like, it was fine. You know, we're all having a little fun, a little too wasted, whatever. And immediately my, like, ears perked up. I was like, oh, well, clearly we're coming back to that. Like, clearly we are not, like, we've not learned all we have to know about this New Year's Eve party. Um, And knowing what we know now about that party, like, it was so brave of her to put herself back under. Yeah. And not even to hesitate and be like, I'm going in. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about that a little bit when we get to the her case officer person, but yeah. Um, and so then she starts immediately trying to see, cause she, the deal was kind of like, okay, well I'll try to get in and see what I can do and then get like Jay, AKA Ryan, um, to like set up a deal and then we will catch him. So Haley immediately starts dropping hints about, you know, this friend from Iowa and you know, I want to meet, set him up with you whatever. And then Booth's like, you know, I'm in the paint business now. Like I don't do that. And, like, she still keeps going on, and he's like, you deaf now? Like, I'm in the paint business. Like, I don't do that anymore. Um, And she's like, okay, whatever. And then that's kind of the end of that conversation. Um, And so then we go back to the bullpen, and Antonio realizes that his unwitting was in on the rip with Booth. And he's, like, staring at the CI, the board where they have all their clues and stuff or whatever, He's like, you guys are lucky that I work here and I figured this shit out. And then it's like, of course, I mean, we all know we are, but like, keep going, Antonio, like, keep talking. Um, and, but first, okay, can we talk about this goatee that Antonio is like all of a sudden sporting in this scene? Yeah, we need to discuss it. We need to address it. Uh, Jessica, what do you think about this goatee? It makes him look distinguished (laughs) (laughs) you can be honest here jessica this is a safe space (laughs) no i'm trying to think of the word distinguished is is all i have right now it's just not him bingo i don't hate it i don't know if i necessarily hate it but i'm it it just looks off like it does not that is not antonio 
Like, I think... Like, I think... No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I feel like the only character in Intelligence who is allowed to rock a beard is Ruzik. See, I feel... I mean, yes, I think... I mean, Ruzik definitely sports it the most. But I think for me, even, like, in those rare scenes, like, it's usually always at the beginning of a season just because of hiatus. But, like, even when Jesse rocks a beard, I'm like, okay, well, like, we have... I mean, I like that look, personally. But, like... We've seen it a couple times now, so that when he does rock it, I'm not like, oh, okay, this isn't out of nowhere. But, like, the goatee, I'm just like, wait, where did this come from? Like, what is this? It, like, appeared in one week's time. Right, exactly. That's more my thing. It's just like, where did this come from? And, like, we probably won't see it again, ever. So. And I love how it was, like, kind of a reveal. Like, he turned around, and we were like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> right, and I don't even think, was it even in the, like, earlier scenes i was gonna ask you that i don't remember i don't think it was because i feel like i would have said something about it that's funny it was but it just wasn't (laughs) i'd have to go back and watch i have no idea i have no idea but anyway so it was just like all of a sudden it was just like oh wow this is a real like this is a strong goatee okay and then it was just like okay we never saw antonio again so you like you can't talk about it but like we probably won't see it next week, so. Well, no, we won't see anybody next week, unfortunately. Well, you know what I mean, the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's still better that we're, whatever. We have it in tonight's Chicago Fire, though. Um. Well, since this that will have already been aired by the time this comes out, no, he does not. He does not. <laughs> yeah, he does not. Which is, yeah. Oh, what an episode. Anyway, um. So Antonio, then he's like, okay, I think I need to talk to Perez or whatever. So he meets back with Perez and then, you know, they're talking or whatever and they're just having a conversation. Antonio's going to try to get out of him, like whether he was actually involved. And then they just all of a sudden like get shot at and they run around the block or whatever. And little later do we find out that it's actually just Rusewater like trying to set him up so that Perez will talk. (laughs) And it's just like, oh, okay, Rusewater. Okay, whatever. Um, and so what Antonio got out of Perez was basically like, yeah, he was kind of trying to like play both sides a little bit um, so that he can, you know, just be himself or whatever. And Antonio was like, shit, like this is not good. Um, but it's like Perez really, like, again, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier in terms of like intelligence having to piece together other parts. Like we literally never get any information about Perez's involvement ever again in this episode. That's true. Like, so there's nothing, like, intelligence literally has no role except for, like, moderating, monitoring Haley. Yeah, that's it's a good- just a, It's a very different kind of undercover case. Because, like I said, we never see Perez or hear anything about Perez, like, again. Do we know who wrote this episode? Was it our BFF, Gavin? Um, I don't know, but I will look it up real quick. Or the guy we want to be our BFF? Gina, if you want to take over real quick, I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. So, I loved when Ruzwater rolled up on, like, they rolled up on Antonio and Ruzik was just like, hey, honey. Like, typical. Patty, stop. Also, does that not seem like a total prank that Ruzwater would pull? Oh, yeah. Like, they would totally pull that prank and then somebody would be like, guys, too far. And then they'd laugh hysterically about it. Yep. I need, like, a comedy web series of, like, the adventures of Ruzwater. Yeah, that'd be gold. Also, Gina. So good, yes. so good summer high. Yeah, it? seriously. 
Um, also, it was our wannabe BFF, Gavin Harris, who wrote this episode. Oh, my God. Gavin is the one who wrote, um, for listeners who might not be aware, Gavin is the one who wrote Captive, which is the big Atwater episode that we had recently. He also wrote Fallen, which I think is the other Haley episode. I'm double-checking that right now. Let's see. Fallen. Yeah, Fallen is the other Haley episode. Um, and then he also worked on the story this season for Snitch, which is episode four, which is the first part of the double Atwater stories that we had this season. So he's worked on the Atwater and the Upton stuff this season. Maybe if we just put out into the universe that we want to be his best friend and interview him, maybe he'll catch whiff of it somehow. Maybe. Hopefully. That's a pipe dream, but... God, he's he's so good. He's so good. The episodes he's written have been so good. Yeah, like I said, so he's done pretty much all the Atwater and Upton stuff this season. Goodness. Yeah. Because I remember during the Atwater episode, during Captive, like one of the things we said, we were like, this dialogue was so incredibly crafted. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And this, for this episode, too, this story is just so incredibly crafted. Well, it's funny. Now that you say that, now that I learned that, I remember when at Con, when we were talking about in Lori Samarina's meet and greet, and we were talking about, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but um, Lori was talking about, I guess it was what it was like to work with, um, like, Eric and just, like, that on that episode. Um, And he was talking about how it felt a lot like theater, and just because it was just kind of a lot of, like, sitting in that room or that church or whatever it was and just, like, having dialogue, like, it felt a lot like theater and rather than, like, television acting. And you could almost say because of the lack of, like, minor characters in this and how it was, like we said, it was a lot of Foyt and Haley and Jesse. I just I totally just messed up, like, characters and cast. So Foyt and Haley and Jay and Booth. Um you could almost say that it's kind of the same kind of theater-esque style in this, which I guess is almost Gavin's, like, like notably Gavin's style, which is interesting now that, like, I can see that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. If somebody knows a way to get in touch with Gavin Harris and tell him that we're not crazy, <laughs> we're kind of a fans and we kind of want to have him on the podcast, but. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. By a little, we mean we want him on the podcast. Please. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, Brenna, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. So, after this, the whole Antonio Rosewater thing, whatever, Haley goes to her Kelly's apart undercover Carmen, and she opens the door, and literally Booth is standing in just the middle of her apartment. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, oh, your landlord let me in. And she's like, really? And he's like, yeah, like he did anything for a Jackson. He's like, oh, he says we look alike. She's like, really? She's like, no, whatever. Okay, so anyway, if he slipped him a Jackson, he slipped him a 20, right? Right. That's all it took to like, that's, wow. That security guard needs to be fired. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look like, you know, I mean, you saw that apartment. It didn't look like much, would take much bribing to get up, you know. Still, man. I know. Anyway. Anyway, so Booth and Haley are having this casual conversation, and, you know, Booth sees the picture of her and Garrett on her fridge, and, you know, he asks if they're still in touch. And she's like, no, like, you know, 
Like, I haven't talked to him in a while. And, like, she kind of plays it off like they were. I mean, obviously, they were a couple, according to Booth. I mean, because Booth only know, knew them as a couple. So she used to play it off like they were still. And she's like, yeah, you know, one minute we're talking ring sizes. And the next minute, I have no idea where the fuck he is. And, you know, that's it. And then Booth is like, well, why do you still keep the picture if you guys haven't talked or whatever? And Haley's like, to remind me to never make the same mistake again. And you're just like, yep, definitely done that before. Like, definitely do that. She's playing this cover well. Yeah, she definitely has all our bases covered. Because one of the things that, you know, comes up later when Jay meets Booth for the first time is, you know, she's like, Booth is really into the details. Like, you've got to know... Like, everything. Like, you've got to have, like, every kind of possible, like, loophole covered. And so she knows. I mean, she's crafted a very good story. Speaking of just, like, the details that she's crafted in her last time undercover, did they ever say how long she was undercover the last time as Kelly? I don't think they did. Jessica, do you know? I don't think they did. Because I wonder, I mean, obviously, like, if she had to get in well enough with Booth the first time, if she and um, Garrett had to get in well enough with him, it kind of makes me seem like maybe they were under for a while. For some reason, three years stands out in my head, but I don't know. Three years definitely stands out in my head, but I can't remember if that's three years ago since this happened. I think or, it was three years since it happened. Yeah. But three years definitely stands out in my head, too. Um but anyway, so Haley, you know, Booth and Haley end up having a conversation and Haley, a.k.a. Kelly, is like, you know, I'm ready to get back in the game or whatever. So Booth's like, okay, you know, I feel like I can trust you a little bit right now. And so he's like, I'll have you go pick up a package and, you know, bring it back to me. I'll text you where to meet me, blah, 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 blah. So Kelly, Haley, Kelly, whatever, goes and picks up the package and she sees Booth's nephew trailing her. And so she goes over him and, like, you know, meets him, ends up, kept, you know, seeing him in an alley and he's like she's like hey dude like you know you're doing a bad job at this if I can like make you like that um and Boo's nephew makes a comment he's like you know I was surprised to find out I was going to tell you especially after New Year's Eve so again we get another New Year's Eve comment and I'm like oh okay this is definitely coming up eventually like you know um and so whatever so she's like okay do you want me to tell booth you know that i didn't see you or i did or whatever and he's like just don't tell anyone that you saw me she's like great so she makes the pet she gets the package and she makes it over to wherever she was supposed to meet booth it turns out in the package was iodine crystals which i still don't really understand i don't know enough about drugs i don't know what that is whatever not important not important anyway bad shit that's what iodine crystals are it's bad shit anyway (laughs) So she is having this conversation with Booth while he's like suspecting or inspecting the package. And she mentions this friend from high school. And again, this is where Booth starts testing her about the details of her life. So he's like, where'd you go to high school again? And she's like, Taft or whatever, whatever. And he's like, what about your parents? And he ends up getting, saying the wrong parents' names and, you know, Haley corrects him or whatever. But what, this is where she said, Booth says, like, you know, oh, like, you can make a, like, we'll set up a meeting or whatever. Is this, Booth said, this is when Booth says, like, we can set up a meeting, right? I think so. Uh, no, actually, it's later on. But, no, it's later on that he says that. Okay. Anyway. 
So then we get to Jay meets with Haley's case officer from that first time she went undercover at Molly's. And but this case officer is very, you know, hush hush. He won't really tell him anything what happened. And Jay's trying to get it out of him. You know, he Jay's like, she's my partner. So if you know something that's putting her in danger, like I need to know and I need to know it now. And personally, I love me some protective Jay Halstead. And this is where I think in these like protective Jay Halstead scenes, I think this is where we really get to see Jesse shine. Like this was such good acting from Jesse. And this is why, like, I can understand when people say, like, this is one of Jesse's best episodes. Like, his acting just in all these kind of different scenes was just so spot on. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen this kind of stuff from Jay in a while. So to hear him get all protective like that over his partner, it was, like, refreshing. Well, we've never seen him. I mean, you know, just because especially this is the first time he's been in a partnership, really. I mean, except for the end of last season. But in a partnership with someone that's not Lindsay. For, I mean, except for, like, the random episodes where he's, like, partnered up with someone else. Um, but, like, so it's just, it's interesting to see, like, what was him being in love with Aaron? And what is him just, like, his nature as a character and as a cop and as a partner? So I think that's interesting. Um, Jessica, thoughts? Yeah. I really love Protective Halstead as well. It's, but all of these male characters, they're just so protective of their partners, and I love it. It's one of my favorite things about this show. Well, they're all protective of each other. I mean, it's one big family. Yeah. That's good. And I also think, so in this episode with this um, case officer, I'm like, what kind of asshat cop thinks it's okay to let another cop go back undercover with a guy, I mean, who, I mean, we're going to spoil it, to like, if you haven't watched, I don't know why you're even listening to this anyway. But um, so another cop, like, go back undercover with a guy who was abusive towards her, like, without having ever mentioned it. Like, it'd be one thing if Haley, like we said, Haley made the choice, and that's very brave of her to go back undercover and be willing to go back undercover, like, without even, like, any hesitation. But, like, for this guy to know and not tell the people who are looking after her right now, like, that's a very asshat move. Yeah. Yeah. I just that I still can't even fully compute that, that if he knew what had happened to her, he was literally going to change the subject with Jay right then and there. Right. Right. And Jay wasn't no, Jay was not having any of it. No, that was great. I kind of need a gif of that moment when he's like, please don't do that. Like, I just want to use that in my everyday life. But yeah, no, Jay wasn't having it. But I mean, he wasn't. What was he so afraid of? I don't know. I That's what I'm saying is, like, what kind of, just, like, as a cop, like, what kind of ass at cop thinks it's okay to not even just, like, besides the fact that Booth was abusive on, like, abused Haley, like, what kind of cop doesn't let, like, if they worked with another cop, so, like, this guy worked with Haley, like, if she was just going under some simple, like, undercover mission that was like a little bit like way less complex than this like wouldn't he still have to tell intelligence everything that he knew because he was his prior like her case officer like i like i don't know it just bothers me like it just seems like being a bad cop like even beyond the fact that booth abused Haley. 
No, it bothers me too. And it speaks to the bigger issue of what's going on now in the news and everything. It's, you know. Yeah, that's even a good point. I didn't even think, I mean, I thought about it with the end stuff, but I didn't even think about it with this in terms of like protecting, you know, things and abuse and systems and workplaces. And yeah, I didn't even think about that. I mean, you've got to, You've got to lend your voice for those who can't speak up for themselves. I mean, Haley could, yeah, but obviously it didn't go anywhere when it happened. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I don't know. The whole thing is so frustrating. Um, so frustrating. But anyway, so the guy, this case officer, this no-name case officer, ends up relenting and tells Jay. So back at the district, you know, he, Jay obviously called Haley and was like, 911, like, I need you at the district. And so Haley comes in and she's like, well, what's wrong? And he confronts Haley with the case file, like the full case file, which contains photos of a very bruised and bleeding Haley from that New Year's Eve, however, two years ago, however many years ago it was. Okay, I'm not the only one who flashed back to season one when he found the CI file for Aaron, right? Uh, I had, I, the second time I watched it, I didn't think about it in the moment just because I was didn't really see, I saw some of it coming but I didn't see it so in the moment the first time I watched it I didn't see it coming I didn't flash back to that but the second time I did Jessica went over my head <laughs> <laughs> they when when the pictures of Haley popped up I was like not again not again not again like just like this no I was just like no like and like uh it just I don't know it just like sucks to see you know these female characters were treated so terribly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Haley doesn't want to talk about it. She just kind of, like, straight up, she's like, where'd you get these and whatever. She's like, you went behind my back. And Jay's like, well, this is too dangerous. And then he later on, he was like, I want to help, okay? Like, I, you know, I promise. And so Haley tells him, you know, she's like, okay, when that night, you know, Booth had gotten back from St. Louis and he was too drunk and ended up trying to assault her. Um, and then Garrett had stopped him and, you know, took her is the one who took her to the hospital. And so Jay's like, you need to tell Boyd about this. And Haley's like, I can handle this, like, you whatever. And then Jay gives her a line. And he's like, you know, that's exactly what I said to you. Do you remember that? Like, then you called me out and told me I was full of crap. Like, I'm not buying your bullshit now. Full circle. Yup. When partners know partners too well. Jay, I mean, that moment was very tense, but it was handled very well. Right. And in that moment when he said, tell me everything, I want to help. I was like, oh, my God, my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I not necessarily that Jay was going to have to lie for her, but my very first thought when Jay said that was like, tell me everything. I was like. Remember, like, I think, I guess it's season one, you know, when Voight says, like, you know, tell me everything so that I know how to lie for you. Like, you can't be good partners if you're not completely honest. Whether in this situation Jay was going to lie for her or not, like, that obviously he wasn't. Um, and he wanted her to tell Voight. But, like, as partners, the only way you can be a good partner is if you're completely honest about everything. Yeah. So, like, that was my where my mind first went was, like, tell me everything so that I can lie for you. And so that's where my mind went to this. Um. For a while there, I was wondering, I was like, well, why, why is, why is it like Jay's there for her all of a sudden? But the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, well, I mean, he's finally 
coming upon a situation where he can return the favor that she did for him earlier in the season. And so he's just doing that. Like, this is his turn to be there. Right. And I think we, I mean, we've talked about it now all, I mean, the whole time we've had our podcast, but I think, you know, the first time when Haley had to be there for Jay, you know, Jay was in a very vulnerable spot. I mean, he still is, but like he was in a way more vulnerable spot then. And, you know, he had been burned by his partner, previous partner and, you know, the love of his life. And now, you know, he was in a very, he didn't know how to trust Haley and so now that he sees that he can trust her, and now, like you said, like, now it's his chance to return the favor for her. Like, he couldn't do that the last time. The first time Upton had that whole, like, we saw the whole Upton episode um, in, in episode six. But now we're in episode 18, and we can see that Jay gets a chance to return the favor for her. Yeah. So. That's good stuff. Yeah. Gina, do you want to take back over? Sure. So... When this happens, Jay's like, we need to shut it down. And Upton's like, no, at least just let me plant the video device in Booth's office. And so she does exactly that. So the number one rule of this whole like factory or wherever they go to meet Booth is that nobody goes into his office alone. Obviously, Haley gives zero fucks because, <laughs> yeah, so Haley goes in and she tries to plant the video device and Burgess and Halstead are in the surveillance van just kind of like keeping tabs on everything. Doesn't work the first time, so she's got to reposition it. And then this is happening. Booth is coming back in. So Burgess is like, GTFO, he's on the way. And so she finds a way to plant it and she hides out in the bathroom and makes it look like, you know, she was using the toilet. And Booth gets back and it's just so, like, Titus Welliver does such a good job of playing such a total creep. And you can tell how, like, emotionally manipulative booth is because he is just like he'll he'll be really nice to her one second and then he's like did you touch my desk and she's like no and then he's like want to get dinner and then like she she'll play it off but then he reminded her not to lie to him by pulling a knife and her face casual criminal casual yeah totally casual and so burgess is in the surveillance being like holy shit and jay's like no 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 wait 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 and he basically, like, tells her in the super, super calm voice, he's like, if you lie to me, I'll kill you. And he just says it, like, super chill. And Upton's like, please. Like, scary. Yeah. <laughs> but on the flip side of that, we also get so much Burge dead. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. Just such a good pairing. It really is. It really is. Oh, just need more of that in my life. Please and thank you, PD writers. So Jay calls her phone to get her out and he instead gets Booth. And like, that's another thing too. When her phone rang, like he went into her pocket and picked it up. Like, oh, ugh, oh ugh. yeah. Especially after seeing that last scene. Oh, so creepy. Just, ooh, he's so like abusive. I just, ooh, he, Titus Welliver did a very good job of playing a very horrible person. This is kind of like the situation with Yates and, like, the actor who played him that, like, I have to just remind myself. I'm like, okay, Dallas Roberts is an actor. He's a very good actor. He is not Yates. Like, oh, don't remind me of Yates. Yeah, so I'm just like, Titus Welliver is an actor. He did a very good job of playing an asshole. He is not like, Booth. He is not Booth. No, no. But Jay talks to him and he's like, oh, like, I'm Ryan. I'm the undercover buddy. I also love that... He's always his undercover identity is always Ryan. 
Always. Yeah. So, I imagine it's easy to keep that straight, though, if you use the same cover every time. So does it mean that the things that have happened to Ryan in past undercover gigs are, like, part of his history? So he, like, introduces himself to Titus Welver, and he's like, I bang this girl Camilla. Like, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's like, I didn't bang Kelly, I banged Camilla. Like, duh. <laughs> yeah, this is what happened in Ryan's life. Like, Ryan's life and Jay's life are two different things. I don't know, that's an interesting question. Like, I wonder in, like, when you're actually, like, a you know, a police officer and you go undercover, like, do you keep, like, everything that's happened to this character that you've built, like, did that stay true? Or does that, like, get reset? Besides the basic facts, you know, does that get reset every time for different situations? That's true. Yeah, that's, I wonder. I mean, I, I, I would imagine it just depends on the case. Yeah, I'm sure it depends on, you know, situation by situation, but. It also reminds me of Tropic Thunder. Here I go with another movie reference. But, uh, was it, oh, who plays Iron Man? Um, Robert Downey Jr. Bingo. He, in that movie, played, um, he played, like, a white soldier playing a black soldier who was supposed to be Australian or something like that. It's like, Jesse plays Jay, who plays Ryan. Like, <laughs> multiple yeah. levels. I don't know. Tropic Thunder is a great movie, Brenna. You should see it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if it's got Robert Downey Jr. in it, then maybe I'll see it. I like Robert Downey Jr. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Beside the point. Anyway, so once they get off the phone, uh, Booth and Ryan, in air quotes, Ryan, Booth tells Kelly, Kelly, air quotes, to set it up. And so Booth and air quotes again, Ryan, I put it in air quotes every single time in our outline because I just did. I don't even know. So Booth and Ryan, they meet up and go inside, as in they go into, like, Booth's dungeon. It's like... I don't even know. They open the door. It's like pitch black and they have to go down some stairs. It's literally a dungeon. Yeah. It's like. Well, it's like Ryan was like, um, he's like, yeah, you know, I'd be good to stay like right here and whatever. And then Booth all of a sudden like pulls out his gun and is like, nope, we're going down there. And Ryan's like, okay. Can we stop with the guns to Jay's head? Seriously. Just stop putting guns to poor baby Jay's head. Head. Yeah. Not the face. Not the pretty face. Not. Well, not. Let's not put guns to anywhere on Jay. Like. Please and let's thank you. Let's just not put guns on like anybody yes. in intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Intelligence. Like, let's expand it. Like, intelligence as a whole. Like, that'd be great. Jessica, like, did that... you have something to say there? No. <laughs> Thought I heard you there. Yeah, just stop putting guns to people in intelligence. It's just not okay. Yeah, Kay, thanks. Bye. Yeah, Kay, thanks. Bye. Kay, just, no, bye. They go underground to this dungeon. It's just, it's creepy. Ooh. And Booth does this thing again where he's quizzing Ryan, air quotes, on all of the details of his life. This, okay, he kept doing this throughout the episode to both Haley and Jay. He had to know that they were cops, right? He had to have some sort of inkling. But apparently, according to Haley, Kelly, whatever the fuck, um, you know, she's like, that's what he did even the first time. So, like, unless he's just very intuitive and, like, knew that... Haley was a cop the first time she went under like I don't know I mean I'm sure he had an inkling but like maybe he just makes sure like maybe it's just his way of trusting people I don't know I don't know his body language to me suggested that he kind of had an idea wouldn't surprise me yeah, it just because that's a really strenuous way to go through life. Every person you meet, you're like quizzing them on the details of their life. But I feel like when you're in the liquid meth game, then like you gotta be like somewhat selective and 
put people through the ringer. Touche. Touche, you have a point. Like, when you're, you know, dealing with, like, at least, you know, all this cash and, you know, millions of dollars and, like... I love how when we're talking about med, we'll try and educate ourselves on the medical issue. And this one, we're like, nope, liquid meth, we know nothing. <laughs> we don't care. I'm not Googling this. I'm not touching that. I'm not going there. Yeah. Not researching it. I'm just going to take your word for it. But yeah, somebody <laughs> wants to like, I want to know something about a birth. Like, I'll go right to Google, like, figure out how to, you know. <laughs> Although I did not do that from this week's med. I'm not touching that birth with a 10-foot pole. But if you thought that dark hole was going to be weird. Yeah. The liquid meth could only, yeah. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, Jay's like, dude, just, this is weird. I don't like this dungeon. I don't like underground spaces. Leave me alone. He basically asks him, I think the, the part that does him in is when, you know, Jay answers all the questions. And then Booth looks at him and is like, how many times have you screwed Kelly? Oh, Yeah. Ah, like ugh, creepy yeah and he's like i didn't sleep with her and then he like asks him again he's like well how many times have you screwed her and he's like dude i swear like didn't sleep with her i promise and so booth says the deal is off and sends jay packing and which went when he was like get out of here take a walk i was like jay run 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 <laughs> get your ass out of here like yeah God. So we go back to the 21st and Upstead is talking to Voight. And so Jay is like, dude, I think he's got a thing for her. He asked if I slept with her. He's definitely obsessed. And so Voight and Jay are like, shut it down. Like, it's getting crazy. And Haley's just like, we can use this to our advantage. (laughs) And this is where I was like, Haley, you've been in intelligence too long. Like, I was like, stop. Like, no, I was like, you've been around these people too long. Just like, stop. It would have been really helpful if, like, Jay had had this conversation with Hank without Upton. Oh, yeah, for sure. But then she would have felt slighted because she wasn't there. And it's her case, essentially. Yes. And we probably would have said something about, like, Hank, like, you can't make these decisions for Haley without her. Like, you, you know, this is you trying to say blah, blah, blah. Like, so we would have had a lot to say if she wasn't involved, but, like. Yeah, he, they definitely should have, you know, not had her involved. That is a good point. We definitely would have ripped into Voight. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> so Voight says to shut it down, and so they do. And so at the undercover apartment, Jay is kind of shutting things down, and I guess he just, like, lost sight of Haley or something, and she just, like, scrammed. Well, I thought it was just, like, they... I don't know, whatever they had, they had other things to do before. And they were like, okay, it's like, we're going to go meet at the apartment at 5 p.m., you know, meet me there and like, we'll shut it down. Well, of course, Haley doesn't show up at 5 p.m. And then Jay gets, you know, concerned. Yeah, so Jay calls Burgess and Burgess is like, she's supposed to be with you. And Jay's like, yeah, I can't find her. And Burgess is like, She's like, Jay, you had one job. Um, and so she pings she pings her phone. And of course, of course, Haley's rolling right up to Booth's lab factory building. Whatever yeah, what it is. is it? Is it a, can we call it a lab? Like his secret, like evil lab, like his evil lair. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And so she rolls up. And so Ryan, air quotes, um, pulls up. This is like really smooth thinking on his part because he rolls up 
And he walks up to the door casually. And of course, he's just met with a gun to the head. No big deal. Stop putting guns to Jay's head. Normal Wednesday on Chicago PD. Ruzik wears plaid and Jay gets a gun pulled. Just good old normal day. And so Jay, like, really handles this well. Like, he's thinking on the fly here. And so he's like, what are you doing? I brought you money. It's in my trunk. And so when he pulls up with the car, too, because, of course, I was watching this with my mom. My mom was like, I really hope he didn't take Burgess with her. And I was like, he didn't take Burgess, Mom. Like, he knows what he's doing. Right. He's not about to blow this. He did not take Burgess. And so he's like, yeah, I have the money in my trunk. And so he opens the trunk and there's the 25000 And they get out of it alive thanks to Jay's quick thinking. And the booth says the deal is on. Yes. Because money makes the world go around, people. Does it very much does? So then, back at the uh, the fake apartment, we see Upstead's first like big fight. Yeah, Linstead never had a fight like this, did they? No, Jay always had the tendency to kind of walk on eggshells around Aaron. In my opinion, well, so it was refreshing to kind of see this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that Jay let or Jay let Aaron walk all over him, but that's because he was head over heels in love. Definitely can't fault him for yeah, that. Yeah, and I think more with Aaron, I think it was Jay would say things that it would go in Aaron's one ear of Aaron's and out the other. Like, she was going to do what she wanted to do regardless. Yeah. So, like, now it's like, oh. I mean, Haley's still doing the same thing kind of in, in just in this instance, but, like, they're actually having a dialogue about it. This well, was she's refreshing. taking Jay's feelings into consideration. Yeah, she's just still going to do what she wants and what she because she wants revenge. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Jessica. Like it, it was refreshing to see because with Aaron, he always took a more gentle approach. Like I'm thinking of that episode when he's like, "Never go in without backup." Again, he was always really gentle with her, but he really put his foot down this time and was like, "I can't trust you if you don't tell me what you're doing." When I think he realized that, like. Now he has to. Like, clearly it didn't work all those times with Aaron. Like, and but it was a different it was a different dynamic with Aaron, obviously, because they were in love with each other, but like it still didn't work with Aaron. And so now it's like, okay, like if I want to keep my partner safe, like this new partner who I haven't worked as long or with for as long, then like I've gotta put my foot down. Especially after everything she just did for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they exchanged some heated words. Like, it's a really good moment. At first, I was like, don't fight, don't fight. But now that I walk back on it, I'm like, this was really good. Like, really good. But yeah, um, you know, Haley was like, I'm doing my job. Voight shouldn't have a problem with that. And Jay's like, no, well, I have a problem with it. And he's like, if I can't trust you, then I can't do my job. And so Haley's like, this isn't about me. And Jay kind of yells. He's like, what is it then? And she says nothing. Yeah. And then she's like, can we just play this out? Like, I need this. And it was like, well, clearly, if I didn't already know this was for revenge and like that just like revealed that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then so Jay goes to Voight and he tells him that the meeting's on. Now, I missed what he said here, but he said something to cover for Upton, didn't he? He said that Booth called him out of the blue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't say that Haley's the one who went back to Booth. I thought he said something else. Like, Voight asked him something, and he said yes, but it was a very, like, hesitant yes. 
Well, I mean, that's what it is. He says, you know, like, or Hank, or Voight says something about, like, how, like, how did this come to be? And Jay's like, oh, well, he called me out of the blue or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's, like, that's what it says. He covers for up in that way. Okay. Yeah, and so Voight just says, Voight's like, I'm worried about Haley. And Jay just says, yeah, me too. Literally mm-hmm. never heard Voight say, I'm worried about, bl-. if it's not Aaron, I've literally never heard Voight say, I'm worried about X member of the unit. He's not even worried about the murder he's about to go down for? Yeah. Apparently not. Like, I just don't understand what goes on in Hank Voight's head. Well, like, almost that moment seemed, I mean, I'm glad we got to see it because I'm glad some, like, I'm glad they realized that, like, this is, you know, this undercover assignment has gone way too far. And that they are both worried about her. But, like, in that moment, it was almost out of character for Voight. Hmm. Because we never see him say anything. He, I mean, unless it's, like, a very, like, no, like, we're shutting this down. Or, yes, you're doing this. Or whatever. Like, but we never see him show, again, that's not Aaron or not family related. We never see him show any kind of, like, concern or worry or anything. I think he shows it. He just doesn't usually say it point blank like he did in this scene. Right. Well, and I mean, yeah, that's what I meant by like show. I mean, say it. But yeah, so like it almost in some ways it kind of seems a little out of character. Smidge. Yeah, I see that. A very smidge. Jessica, what do you think? I really didn't think of it as being out of character for him. I just I just now thought of it. I like literally did not think about think it that until I we started talking about it but I was like oh I guess it's just me like we've never seen like obviously he's like he knows that the unit is his family so like it doesn't surprise me that he's actually feeling worried but just the fact that he vocalizes it is like oh this is something we haven't seen before well for me I go back to episode two I believe it was Burgess's first episode of the season where with the bombings yes and he went and sat down on the curb next to her and just kind of gave her a hug and kind of reassured her that everything was gonna be okay yeah that's a good point i guess you think about with i guess it's episode four atwater like the first part of the two-part atwater that we got in the beginning of the season um when he like shows up at um atwater's door with like beer so yeah that's a good point it's just like i said it just it was like oh Okay, boy. Didn't expect this from you. It kind of takes me back to when we were at Con and we asked the question to Marina and LaRoyce and Marina said that, you know, Jason always says that Voight feels kind of tender towards Burgess. I wonder if, I wonder how he feels about Upton. Yeah. Because we clearly know that that wasn't the case in episode six in her first episode. Yeah. If it's evolved, I mean, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think we've seen a lot of growth from Void this year. Yeah. Just a yeah. Yeah, I mean he pretty much yeah, he's been through a lot this or even I, I would say last season he went through a lot, and so now it's just kinda the fallout of that. Yeah, I think sometimes it's a little bit almost hard to grasp how much he's gone through because I agree, I think he's gone through a lot. But because they've put such a focus on everyone else, you know, with the Atwater and the Burgess and the Ruzik and everyone, Jay and just like everyone else, 
like it kind of gets lost. That evolution that we're seeing from Voight gets lost just because everyone else is getting such a focus. Yeah. So it's kind of like. So it's kind of like. Is he still seeing that therapist? Probably. Probably a better chance that he's seeing his therapist than Jay seeing his, but. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I bet that goes down in the uh, white space that we had a good discussion about in episode 49. Yeah, probably. All the things that we. Yeah. 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 All the things that happened in the white space. That we will never know. Nope. Nope, nope. But I also, I also kind of, I love and hate that we don't see that because I remember when, when Jay was saying that he was seeing his therapist, I was like, well, why don't we see that? But then I was like, well, wait a second. This is something like really private that the character probably wouldn't even want other people to know about. So it's kind of like from a privacy standpoint, like, I don't know. These are things I think about. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, sometimes I get a headache at work and I don't actually want to work, okay? So I think about these things. Oh, I know. I was so, yeah, because when I was going back through our old, you know, when I was telling you the thing that I was working on this afternoon, I was going back through our old post on Talk Nerdy, I was rereading our Halsteads and Headcanons one, and then I just started, like, my mind just started going places, and I was like, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just, I don't know, million theories. But yeah, I would, I would hope that Void is still seeing that therapist. I mean... I feel like the death of his son and then Lindsay, like his surrogate daughter moving away, I feel like that's not something you get over quickly. And that no matter how hard Voight just tries to like bury it and move on, like that shit's still going to come up and bite you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hmm. I don't know. Lots of deep thoughts tonight. Yeah. Well, this is a deep, deep episode. It makes you start think about things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they pull off this meeting in the parking garage and this, oh man, we're in like the last maybe 15 minutes of the episode here. Oh boy. Okay. So they meet in a parking garage. Jay hands off the money and the nephew shows up with the drugs. Now Booth, however, he wants to take a moment to check everyone for wires. And by everyone, it's just Haley. Okay. So he throws Haley up against this car and uh, you don't need to go into detail about, yeah. No, I'm not going to go into detail. I'm not. I'm not. But they're like he throws Haley up against the car. He starts looking for wires and the camera pans to Jay mm-hmm. while you can hear something going on with Booth and Haley. So he's basically he's assaulting her again. Yeah. Literally the most uncomfortable moment in PD history. And like you said, the fact that he stares right into Jay's eyes as he does it. Because then it pans to literally just Booth's face. Just as he, you know, and like I said, he's staring right into Jay's eyes as he does it. And I was just like, oh my god, I was disgusted. Like literally yelling at the TV being like, fuck this shit. Like all the things. And I was like, I'm really glad my roommate is not home right now. Like I... I felt so uncomfortable watching this. Yeah, yeah, and it was uncomfortable. Yeah. It was so uncomfortable. But with that said though, this is where the show is best is when it goes there and it doesn't water shit down and it goes to the places that make you uncomfortable, that make you cringe right. and be like shit. Right. And I was just about to say, I was like, just because I felt so uncomfortable doesn't mean like I would I'm glad they showed it. Because that's the good story, like, that's the storytelling aspect that makes this episode so good. Like, yes, I felt disgusting, and yes, do I want to see this happen? No, like, all those things that, like, I have my own personal opinions about. But, like, 
from a storytelling aspect, it was necessary to show that and necessary to show that Booth, you know, Booth was staring right into Jay's eyes as he did it and the way Jay reacted and getting to see close-ups of Jay's face. Like, just the way that was told was just so well done. As uncomfortable as it made me and disgusted as it made me. Just the way that, I mean, Jay, you could see the wheels turning in Jay's head. He's like, maintain cover or stop this shit, you know? Right. And he was just frozen and just felt, like, so helpless. That, like, just, whew. It was a heavy moment. Yeah, but there was a lot of yelling at the TV. Yes. Lots of yelling. All of the yelling. All of the yelling. <sighs> Jessica, any other thoughts on this one? Not on this thing, other than it was just uncomfortable as all get out to watch. Yeah, and the fact that they the fact that the camera cut away almost kind of added to that discomfort because you knew something bad was happening. But you still see, I mean, you still see a little bit of it. Like, you see, I mean, you see, I'm not even going to go into detail, but you see a little bit of it. You see what NBC could get away with to show in the 9 o'clock hour. Right. Yeah, well, 10 o'clock, but yes. Time I mean, zones. imagine if this were HBO or... Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Uh, that yeah, I, I just I've seen a lot worse things on HBO that are supposed to be consensual. So yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Montage, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I feel like this is one of the most raw moments we've seen on PD. And correct me if I'm wrong, but no, I'd agree. With that. No, I'd agree. With that. Yeah, this is probably one of the most raw moments we've seen on PD. It was, yeah, it was intense. And I mean. I think it takes Jay a second before he's like, come on, like, you don't have to do that. So he tries to find a way to, like, maintain cover but still get her out of it. And I think that's when Haley's like, fuck this noise. And she grabs Booth's gun, shoots the nephew, and then takes off after Booth. Yeah. But even just going back real quick before we go on to, like, the last little bit. But going on back when you're talking about, like, one of the most raw moments, I think it also just kind of goes to show how much PD has grown in their storytelling and just the way that they, the show has evolved. Because I think back about all the other times where like Aaron, a little bit of Burgess, but mainly all the times like Aaron, cause she was really the only like female in intelligence, um, you know, got assaulted or thrown around or touched inappropriately, like while she was on the job. And it's very PG compared to this. Yeah. And so like, I think even about like, the moment where in season three where I think it's season three where there's like the family that gets put like with the laughing gas or whatever and Aaron goes back in or whatever and you know she almost gets raped and Jay ends up shooting the guy whatever you know yeah, what I'm well the little girl gets assaulted yeah the little girl gets assaulted you don't see it obviously but the little girl gets assaulted yeah that whole episode but even then when Aaron is going through her almost her assault but almost rape. Like, it's very PG compared to this for something that is supposed to have been a lot worse of an attack, you could almost argue. So, like, it's just PD has grown so much and it's evolved so much. And so I just think, like, in that moment, when you talk about how raw that moment was, it's just very evident of how much PD has evolved as a show. And I've been thinking about this lately, just the the huge differences between... You know, when Olmstead was the showrunner and now with Rick Eyed, I mean, the differences are night and day because it feels yeah. like in the first four seasons, I mean, and this is nothing against what Olmstead did. He was great, of course, but 
it's almost like the show was kind of trapped within like these parameters. It was trapped in a box kind of. And with Iden this season, this show's been branching out and doing all sorts of risky stuff that it's never done in, before in the past. Yeah, well, it's taken that like dark turn that, you know, cause everyone's kind of like everyone said it, you know, their characters have gone a little bit darker this season. Like just it's taken that darker turn, which I didn't, you know, and they talked about it, too, like especially while we were at Con, you know, it lost the humor part. Which in a lot of cases I do miss. Like I do miss a lot of the scenes, you know, with them on patrol. And I do miss like all the plat stuff, which is usually where the humor came in. But I love the like rich drama, dark stuff that we've gotten that's like replaced it. Yeah. So like it is, it's almost like watching two different shows in a lot of sense. Yeah. I'll echo that. I like to call it PD 1.0 and PD 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a distinct difference. Yeah. And not, like you said, it's not saying that the 1.0 is not good, because it is. It's really good. And I still really enjoy going back and watching it, but it's just very different. It's just the 2.0 has raised its game. Yeah. Well, yeah. Season five's been one hell of a season. It really has. It really has. So Haley chases Booth into the stairwell. She kicks his ass. It's, like, not even a fair fight. Well, the first, like, part where he's, like, throwing her repeatedly against the wall. The wall. Okay, that, yeah, that part. Yeah. So, at first, it's like, oh, well, this looks like Haley can't hold her own. And then she kicks his ass. And she's like, well, clearly she can hold her own. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It reminded me of last season when Burgess went after the guy that raped her sister. Yes. And beat the crap out of it's a good callback yeah it does remind me of that now that you say that yeah absolutely because at the end she just uh Haley just started wailing on the guy and then she like kind of uprighted herself and she held the gun at him and this is where we I mean because we've been saying all season Upton's one of the rule followers she's like Antonio you know if Voight tries to bend the rules she's gonna be like "Uh, what are you doing you can't do that yeah and so for her to do that and hold the gun to his head, she's definitely, I don't want to say like flipped, but she gets it now. She gets how intelligence takes. Well, I almost wonder how this would differ if she didn't have the whole Garrett having died at Booth's hands aspect. Like if she had gone undercover with this guy before and it, you know, she got him put away and whatever. And now she's coming back. But like Garrett hadn't died and like she didn't necessarily have that personal angle to it. Like, how this would have gone. Um, Still still attempted to rape her. Right, right. And so, I mean, but, like, yeah. But I wonder just because now that it is, this case was so personal and, like, she starts to see how intelligence takes. If she had gone in a case where it wasn't so personal and she hadn't had all these things happen to her, like, I wonder if she would still approach it the same way. Like, from the intelligence point of view and, um, like, plan of attack versus, like, everything else she had been taught. It's true. So. Good point. Good point. So she holds the gun to Booth's head and Jay comes in and Jay like persuades her out of it. And Jay's got his like super calm voice on like that, you know, like we take it back to like season two when Maddie the bartender got shot. Like he was being really like trying to keep her calm and everything. And it's like it's got that effect. Like he was just like, Haley, this is not how you do this like it's not gonna help anything he had like he's got his like talking like talking people down from the ledge voice voice yeah it's it's his super calm voice and i'm sitting there like (sighs) Like, (laughs) i know 
And so... It's his nighttime story reading voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 The world needs yes. that. I didn't realize that uh, we all of a sudden need him reading Go the Fuck to Sleep in like a super calming voice. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Jesse narrating audiobooks is like, like children's audiobooks is like a thing I need in my life. That's perfect. His story nighttime book. Yes. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And so Haley, you know, puts the gun down. And so the episode pretty much ends with Jay coming to Haley's extremely large apartment. That place is huge. Not realistic. Not realistic. Like, that is like the biggest apartment out of any of them in intelligence. Not re- there is no way she can afford that apartment. No way. No, nope. As someone who lives in a city... And I don't know whether Chicago is more expensive than D.C., but there is no that apartment would easily in D.C. cost like four thousand a month. Like it's ridiculous. Like that apartment is realistic as Severide's apartment. Yeah, I I have a problem with that one too. Yeah, Severide's place I, is pretty sweet. Yeah, they're really nice, but they uh, there's no way. I could see Dossie living where they live because there's two of them. Nope, that one's still, nope. nope. That one's still, nope. You don't think Dossie could afford that place nope. on two incomes? Too nice. Too nice. I'm telling you. I don't know what Chicago apartments cost, but in D.C., no. Two, that's, no. <laughs> Jay could afford his sad little bachelor plaid because that place is like the size of a closet. Yeah. I'm like going through. Right, well, well, I mean, Ruzik's was pretty sad. Ruzik's, like, once upon a time was pretty sad comparatively. We don't know where Ruzik lives anymore. I mean, LaRoyce has a house, but it's, like, more in, like, I don't know where Harvey is compared to, like, in relation to, like, downtown Chicago. But it's more realistic because that's probably inherited from family. And so, like, that makes more sense. That's what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah, yeah. Jessica, what were you going to say? I was going to say I could see that being inherited from. Right. So that makes more sense. And then, yeah. But no, Severides is extremely unrealistic. Dossie's is maybe the most realistic, but still highly unlikely. And then Haley's is just, I was just, like, that's for the first, like, minute or two. I was like, nope. I was just like, this is so unrealistic. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I'm, like, looking around at my apartment, which is nice, but I'm like, nope. I'm like, nope. Well, what about Crotus and Brett's place? What? Crow Burgess's house last season. We did? Mm-hmm. When her sister was in town. And oh, it was ridiculously nice as well. That was Nicole's place, I think. Was it? I think. I haven't. Go- I honestly have never gone back and watched season four. I just because I don't own it, but I want to. But yeah. So I don't know. I don't remember. But Crotus and Brett, they have a pretty sweet There's just so unrealistic. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> like, that place is like the two floors and the... Th- don't, don't get me started. started. Isn't it basically where... Shay and Otis and who else lived in like season yeah in like season two yeah pretty much but yeah that's still uh... this is a fun game to play but yes Upton's place is gigantic oh yeah wonder how many bedrooms is in that place right right and so yeah Jay comes over and you know Jay's like we kind of missed you at Molly's I got the impression that she lives close to Molly's but that's just me. But yeah. And so she just said, she's like, you know, I want to be alone. And Jay's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And so Jay comes in and Jay's like, aren't you going to pour me a drink? And so she pours him a drink. They sit down and they talk. And I'm a really terrible person because they're having this conversation. They're getting really deep and serious. 
And, you know, Jay's like, he can't hurt you anymore. Like, you took him down. It's over. And she's like, it doesn't feel that good. And in, and they're having this super deep conversation. And in my head, I'm just like, don't make out. Don't make out. Do not make out. Yes. Same. Because you put that theory into my head last night when we were recording before this. You started it. I'm just going to put that out there. You started no, it. No, I did not. <laughs> I did not go to the fact that they were going to kiss. You're the one that brought up that they were, like, they kissed. I don't know. Jessica, what did you think? Jay we're talking about. He doesn't take advantage of vulnerable Yeah, no, I know. He doesn't. He doesn't. That is true. That is true. I think we're still a little scarred from Med last week when Connor and Ava were like, I hate you. And then like started making out. (laughs) Yeah. Because Connor was really good with women too there for a while. And then he started becoming Severide and dating everything that moves. Yeah. Anything that has a vagina. Yeah, yeah, he's taken the title from Severide. Yeah, but Jessica, what do you, th- okay, um, or no, let's finish the thing, and then, because I have a question for Jessica, but I want to, let's finish this real quick, just this last okay. little bit. Yeah, so all I'm thinking here, I'm like, please don't make out, please don't make out, and so Jay's like, so you loved Garrett, like, he kind of puts two and two together, and she just kind of nods, and she's tearing up, and, you know, she's emotional, and it just kind of ends there, and so, I mean, at least let the girl cry on your shoulder, Jay. Like, shit. Yeah. But so she and Jay have that in common. Like, they both fell in love with their partners. Yeah. Yeah. And the episode just kind of ends. Yeah. So, Jessica, my question for you is, so yesterday in the news section we were talking about, um, just kind of that fact that, Jay is supposed to go on to med and have this conversation with Will about, like, romance and relationships or whatever. And so how do you feel about – do you, A – so, like, two-parter. A, do you think that Upstead is going to be a thing? Like, off of, like, how this went and, you know, just the fact that we only have four more PD episodes left. um, Or four or five. I don't remember if they had 22 or 23. But either way, not that many left. And B, do you – let, do you want Upstead to become a romantic thing? Whether it's in the next, like, four or five episodes or even just, like, eventually. Yes, I think they come, become a thing. And yes, I want them to become a thing. I I like them. I know. We all just marathon season three, and some some of you are in your Linstead fields. I was never <laughs> that big of a Linstead show. Okay. Um, but... I like it. I, I like the idea of, of upset. Hmm. But, but, I have shipped Haley with every male member of intelligence that is not Al and Hank. Um, hashtag so, Upwater 2018. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's true. I think I've shipped her with, I mean, not Jay, but like, I've definitely wanted her and Ruzik to be a thing after that car scene. Like, I definitely... Yeah, that would have been a good fling. I definitely was all on board, like, just Atwater getting a love interest in general. So, like, if Upwater was going to become a thing, I would have been all for that. So, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know how I feel about her and Antonio, but, like, I wouldn't have knocked it if they had gone there. The only thing with her and Antonio was they sent John and Tracy to, um, was it the summer TCA tour? Something like that, yeah. And they just, they looked good together. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have knocked it. I mean, if they had gone there, I wouldn't have knocked it. Um, yeah. I think. But Bertonio yeah, is think... becoming sacred now. So, like. What? Bertonio is becoming sacred. But that's now. got its whole other. We're going to talk about on that. On that's a whole that other. Later. That's a whole. We don't have the time of the day to go to the Bretonio place with me. We're not drunk enough to talk. <laughs> yeah, about I'm not drunk enough, and it's sad that we are recording that episode on Sunday morning because I really feel like I'm going to need to be drunk for that, but I can't because I have to go to work after that. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, I think for me, at least back to Upstead. So I think for me, obviously, I you know, anyone that listens to this knows like. We're all diehard Linstead like fans on this podcast. Like we all love this and Linstead. We're very sad that they didn't get their ending and yada 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 yada. But I think for me, I think as someone who is arguably even more of a just Jay fan in general, I don't want him to get together with Upton because I don't want Jay to be boxed in as that character who always hooks up with his partners. Yeah, and there's so many other characters that are facing that right now. Cough, cough, Connor Rhodes. Yeah, well, like, Severi, yeah, like, literally, there's so many characters that I'm just like, I don't want to stop. Like, don't, I don't, I don't want them to hook up, which is, like, every woman that comes into their sphere of orbit. And that was also Roman's thing, too. Roman was like, I fall in love with all my partners. Like, that's already happened. That's already been done. <laughs> yeah, Roman, eye rolls. Just continuous eye rolls. Speaking of random Roman things, Gina, I meant to text you when I was going back through your old TNWU post, and you had this one about like five reasons. Don't. Go, I know what you're about to bring up. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh geez. But anyway, so I think that's my thing with Jay. Just as someone who is like a diehard Jay fan more than just like anything else, like I don't want Jay to get boxed into that. And I also just don't know. I think they have such a good chemistry as friends. Like, I don't know if I necessarily see them as, like, a good romantic chemistry. I think they almost kind of fall into how I feel about Stellaride. Like, if they were to flirt, I'd probably enjoy it. But, like, I can never see them as, like, this endgame, like, romantic ship thing. So, like, I don't ship them. And I would never ship them. I, I, I kind of... I've gone back and forth with the upset thing, but after last night and that deep, deep conversation they had at the end of the episode and the looks they shared, I was like, yeah, I'm all aboard. Yeah. See, for me, like I said, I think they fall into more of a stellar ride. Like, they have a really solid, like, good friendship. Like, it's deeper than just, like, a normal, you know, just, like, average partnership, whatever. And I appreciate that and I like that. But for me, I just, I, I can't. I'm not going to get on board with a romantic thing. It like, like I said, it literally is almost like stellar ride for me. I can't, yeah, I can't do it with upset. I just can't do it. Do you guys think, I mean, do you think, I mean, obviously like next season's a whole different thing, but like, do you think they're going to go there in these next like four or five, however many episodes of PD we have left? I, I think it's four, but I, it could be five. You know, I would say, and you know, I would say that I wouldn't be surprised, but then I think about, you know, what we were talking about earlier, how season five is like a complete opposite from seasons one through four. They don't really give us a lot of relationships on PD. Yeah. I mean, and all the cast have said that, like, they're not doing that this season. And I mean, the only time Burgess does anything is like when one of them had a bad day and they, you know, go do Burzik things. But, like, that's, that's all the relationship we've gotten on PD this season. Aside, I mean, Jay and Camilla, yes, but Camilla ended up, you know, becoming relevant into a case. So 
I wouldn't be surprised, but I could also not see it. I could also see it not happening, and I definitely would not complain if it's the latter. I just think I'm so curious to see how that med episode clears, plays out, especially because if we're not going to, you know, that is probably, you know, we're not going to get any PD before that med episode airs. So, like, and, you know, we've talked about this kind of like with, you know, when Papa Halstead showed up on med and he didn't show up on PD, just, like, how that's going to cross over, like, is what they say happens on med and whatever that conversation between Jay and Will looks like on med how is that going to affect the storylines that happen on PD and vice versa? Like, is that just going to be a conversation that is isolated to med and we never hear about it or see anything about it again? Or is that going to be like, okay, well, we heard about it on med and now it's playing over into PD. Like we said, I mean, like we were talking about this last night. Like it literally could just be a one-sided, like Jay comes to visit his brother and like Will's like, I need to talk about Natalie. And like Jay's like, okay, dude, vent to me. And like, I mean, there's, I'm just so curious. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just so curious to see how that scene plays out. Yeah. And now that I think about it, I think since it's going to happen on med, I think it is going to be a one-sided, like, let me tell you what's happening with Natalie type thing. Because nothing major ever happens to these characters on, on shows that are not their own. Hmm. I mean, very rarely. There are definitely instances where things have happened. I mean, hello, Nadia. <sighs> I mean, you know, Nadia happened on SVU. And I'm still bitter about that. Out bitter for about Nadia. That. Yeah. So, like. Too soon, soon right? I know. But on occasion, I mean, so on occasion, things happen on other shows. Rarely, especially anymore, does it big things happen on other shows unless it's a crossover instance. Um, but, yeah. goodness so i just i i like to think that if they're gonna go with upstead that it's not gonna be rushed and that so it won't happen this season um but dear god i really hope they don't go there i'm not ready for it maybe in a couple seasons if we, if like <laughs> maybe in like season 10 like i need time to emotionally prepare there i'll put it that way i need time to emotionally prep myself okay if you throw them at me in the last four episodes of the season i'm not going to be ready for that shit in two or three seasons if they're like well then you're gonna have to sit on it all summer too yeah i'm not looking forward to hiatus what the hell are we gonna do well this podcast is gonna be real interesting over hiatus yes that too that too but yeah yeah, i just yeah I'm not ready for Upstead. Like, Jessica, I know there's a certain part of the fandom that is, but I'm just not ready. Yeah. I think it's also just so, I think, yeah, I think personally for me, because, you know, obviously on Meet Us at Molly, like our Twitter page for the show, like we do a really good job about following like different people with a bunch of different opinions or whatever. But personally, I feel like everyone I follow on my personal is just so like, you know, Lynn said, because you follow the people who have generally same interests, whatever. And so for me, I'm like, I'm like, oh, like no one seems that excited about it, whatever. And then I'm like, but I do recognize that there is a part of the fandom that was not, a, not you know, gung-ho on Lindsay or didn't even really like Aaron. And, you know, I do recognize that. Um, so, yeah, I'll be curious to see if and when it happens, like fandom's reactions, because I know everyone I personally follow is going to lose their shit. 
Now, if they wanted to give us up water, let's interrupt this PD or fire two hour movie right now and like give me up water. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for that. But upstead, I need to like prepare. Yeah, I mean, if let's be real though, if I'm looking for a ship, like a new ship right now on PD, it give me at water and any character. Like, I'm there. Just give me at water and a love interest. Like, yeah. sign me up for that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's talk about this, because Jessica, you're the one that, like, has kind of, you're the one who kind of, like, not invented, but, like, came up with this, right? Right, I think so. Yes. Yeah, yeah, this is solid. Like, I think you're onto something fantastic here. Atwater and Maggie forever. Yeah. I don't even know how it happened. I think I was just watching Med, and Barry just, you know. Fucking Barry. Oh, fucking Barry. It was just the last draw with him, and I was like, Atwater, that's who Maggie needs. For real, though, like, Maggie needs somebody who's, like, no drama, just wants to be with somebody, and will treat her right. And Atwater will do that, and Atwater will have zero issues with dating an older woman. Right. 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 And I could totally see Otis putting together a a singles night at Molly's. (gasps) Oh, my God, Yes! Yes! Keep going. <laughs> they meet and they lay all this fantastic groundwork and they go do adorable Maggie and Atwater things. When I think other. very much like kind of Platt and Mouch, like they're two because, I mean, not that Atwater especially is now, like he's not really a minor character. You would argue uh, Maggie is definitely more of a minor character in comparison. But so like, I don't need to see that. Like I want Atwater to be happy and I want Maggie to be happy and I want them to find love. Like I don't need to see generally like all the ups and downs and trials and like see them break up and get back together. Like I just want to see them happy. So like if they, they're like a crossover couple that could work like Platt and Mouch because you just need to see them happy and like to see that their relationship exists and like maybe every one episode a season they get like a big episode where something happens for them and like that's it. Like that's all I need. Exactly. Like if they executed it all up Platt and Mouch, it would be perfect. Right. And you know, that's not what they're doing with... Bretonio because they're trying to make Bretonio such a salt like a strong ship like an actual ship but the problem is with the crossover and production schedules it's not working and I'm just like Ugh. like if you had just made Bretonio like Platinum Mouch we would not be having this issue so right. is it Lockwater Atwood I'm trying to think of ship names for Maggie and I like both of those Atwater At- isn't that um ryan's last name on the oc yes (laughs) magwater just thinking of all of these i tried i tried rolling with magwater and i was like i don't like that 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 sounds sounds weird science experiment what was the first one you said gina lockwater 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 or atwood i could get on board with both of those yeah yeah that needs to happen yeah. They'd be good together. And then, like, Ruzik would kind of give him shit for it at first, but then be like, all right, like, you're happy. This is cool. I can roll with this. Yeah, now it's Ruzik's turn to be um, best man at that wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Since he's never going to put a ring on it with Burgess. Yeah. I'm not bitter. It's totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. But, yeah. Cool. On that note, I think that is all we've got for tonight. 
Um, I don't know. Do you guys have any last minute thoughts? Any last minute things to throw in? No, just, you know, solid episode from PD. We don't know when PD is coming back. So it was a good. I think it comes back April 11th. I think so That's, too. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, but still, it feels like forever from, even though it's not that far, it's really like two, like three weeks from now, but still. Yeah, still feels like forever. So Jessica, I hope you had fun tonight. Did you have fun? I had a blast. Thank you so much for having no, me No, thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, thank you for always engaging in good Twitter conversation with us. I mean, we love he- going on your Twitter feed and, you know, it's a lot of fun. And thank you for being my Power Rangers buddy, okay? I have nobody else to talk Power Rangers with. Oh, you are so welcome. <laughs> Tom Tomberly forever. Um, Tommy and Kimberly forever. <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, Jessica, you are officially welcome back anytime because this was a lot of fun. A lot, a lot Thanks of fun. So, so, of course. So, as always, guys, follow us on social media. We're everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We're Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. Hey, if you like the show, which I really hope you do, and if you've made it this far into the episode, I really hope we're doing something right. Please write us a review on iTunes. We would really, really greatly appreciate that. We love what we do, and we love bringing it to you. So please, please write us a review if you don't mind. Um, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Brian. I am at K 13 Jessica. I'm at JB Rocks. That's R-O-X. Oh, wait. Perfect. And Ashley is at Ashnick095. That's N-I-C with no K. We miss her. Um, Yeah, that's about all we've got. And we will see you guys on Monday for the big ol' episode covering Chicago Fire's two-hour movie. Oh, that's going to be a doozy. We'll be recording that one with Jessica T. Because like Jessica said, there's a lot of Jessicas in this fandom. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, definitely send us your thoughts. You're probably watching it right now as we record. Uh, we've got to let Jessica go catch the second hour and cry her eyes out. And fill her in on the first hour. Oh, man, yeah. So, everybody have a good weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Bye!